When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Do you have any thoughts about him? Are you an A-Rod fan at all growing up or anything like that? What do you think about what he might bring to the team? A fan? Who is he? The baseball player, Alex Rodriguez? Yeah, no, nah, I, I don't know what it is. Okay. I know, I know he's going to be the owner, but I don't, I don't, I don't know nothing about baseball. <laughs> and with that... <laughs> And with that, that, we move how, on, John Krasinski. <laughs> okay, the best part about that clip, can we can we cue that up one more time here? Mackie yeah. and Judd, welcome to the show here. Uh, it's Write That Down Wednesday, both on Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily, where we make mostly incorrect predictions and hold each other accountable for our predictions. Only show in America. But my favorite part about this clip might have been how quickly Johnny K just gave up. Like, Johnny Johnny K, did, like, no follow-up. He's just like, all right, okay. that's, uh, that's weird. Okay. Do you have any thoughts about him? Are you an A-Rod fan at all growing up or anything like that? What do you think about what he might bring to the team? A fan? Who is he? The baseball player? Alex Rodriguez? Yeah, no, nah, I, I don't know what it is. Okay. I know he's going to be the owner, but I don't, I don't, I don't know nothing about baseball. He's like, no. Nah. No. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, got absolutely no, I got absolutely no clue. No, but clue. I suppose like when you're when you're in that setting, like Judd Judd used to cover the NFL for ten or fifteen years, and like when you're in that setting, you know you've got your questions sort of queued up in your mind, and then you kind of, and then based on what their answer is, you probably have a follow up. Like you kind of know where it's going to well, go. And in, in in your mind as a reporter, there, Johnny K, like, is there any circumstance in which you expect him to say he has no idea who Alex Rodriguez? Well, hell is? no, of course not. <laughs> and and the thing about it, so this is where Zoom is bad. Because if that's in person, like, so if it's a scrum and you're looking Ant in the eye, you're probably like, are you serious? Like, I've done that before. Like, because if you're talking to a person in a, you know, in a uh, person-to-person setting, then I think you say, you don't know who, who that that is. And he might say, no, I really don't. But you press it. But that's where Zoom's a problem. Because, like, Zoom is so impersonal. And there's people who are following you in the Zoom line to ask questions. So it's much tougher to have that. I know you're only 19, dude, but you don't know who A-Rod is, which I do think if if Johnny had been in the locker room, that probably plays out differently. So he was, so Ant was born in what, 2002, 2001? He was born somewhere somewhere basically around where, where A-Rod went from Seattle to the Texas Rangers for $250 million. But I think Ant would have been like, 
10 to 15 years old when A-Rob was getting caught for steroids and then when he was when he was defiantly going all over national media and waving a finger at yep. people. So I don't 2001, know, a... he's born. So 2001, okay. he, he was born. So, yeah, and and the Yankees won the World Series with A-Rod in 2009. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that's so right. So about eight or so. But as I tweeted, this is not an ant problem. This, again, to <laughs> me, shows the baseball problem of of if you like baseball at all and you're like eight – this is the this is one of the biggest stars, right? Dude, think about that. Like, you know, it's not he's, like a, saying, he's a tainted star. He's a tainted star, <laughs> sure. but he's nevertheless. He's but one it of the would be stars. different. It would be different if if, for instance, Andy Pettit had bought the Wolves, right? Like he's a good, really good pitcher. But if yeah. Ant's like, I got no clue, you'd be like, okay, that's a little, not, not, that's fine. But it's Alex or, or like if or like if or like if I got like Mike Trout bought the Twins, right? Like yeah, no one really knows who he is because baseball can't market his players. <laughs> Boy. Yeah, the headline off the show today, if you're Major League Baseball and you heard the Anthony Edwards press conference yesterday, are you alarmed <laughs> at the uh, danger that uh, envelops your sport right now? Um, okay, let's let, let's go down this hypothetical here when it comes to Alex Rodriguez, because I think we've, we have in the last couple of days, we've exhausted the notion that he may move the team. That's definitely going to be a lingering fear. Uh, not that we don't trust Alex Rodriguez at his word. Listen, no. he's a very trustworthy, likable, no. totally. upstanding human. Oh, right? yeah. So there's Great no guy. reason to doubt what Alex Rodriguez may say publicly or privately or otherwise. But let's just let's move past that for a second. And, and let's take him at face value when he inevitably comes out and says, after this thing is finalized, hey, we love the Twin Cities. Listen, I've got... All kinds of property in the Twin Cities that I've been uh, investing in. And I love I love popping in for 12 hours on my private jet and glad-handing people in the Wolves front office and then flying back to Miami right away. I love I love spending five minutes every, uh, every quarter in Minneapolis. It's a great, great town. Um, let's say he's committed to Minnesota. Do you guys think Alex Rodriguez could actually be a great professional sports owner? Could he be a huge upgrade over Glenn Taylor? Well, that's two very different questions. The second part of the question is, yes, but then again, so could Phil Mackey or Declan Goff. A, a, a potted a, plant an upgrade. could yeah, probably so, do a better job. So don't, don't put me in that corner because um, it'll be a very short segment of saying, yes, of, of course he can be compared to Glenn, so bye. Uh, as far as can he be a great owner, is he inquisitive enough? Is he Does he have the attributes that um, that successful people have? I honestly think, in fairness to this discussion, despite the fact that my bias against him says just no, he can't be, right? I mean, he's lied before, he's a bad guy, blah, blah, blah. And I do believe that he's probably lots of those things. Being a bad guy doesn't preclude you from being good at your job, and it doesn't preclude you from being good at owning a team. And this is sort of why I consider that that he is going to come in and make noise about a new building, about things like that, because those are smart moves. Like those are, though, they might turn us off, but those are the moves that if you're going to have successful and Phil to to take your word, change the culture, those are moves that probably need to happen at some point and will. So, um, not knowing a lot about Mark Laurie, who is his billionaire partner who I think is a tech genius who probably is smart too. 
He was the CEO of Walmart, wasn't he? Uh, but I think he was e- e-commerce, right? So I think he built up that part of it. So so he helped people be able to buy things on Walmart.com. Exactly is right. Exactly right. So my guess is he comes from that world. I'm I'm not sure. Point being, point being is these guys are both. I'll pull them up on Wikipedia. I've been fixated on the A Rod part this whole time. Okay. <laughs> well, the point is that these guys coming in as a tandem, I think, yes, could be, hopefully, will be. Very invested, Mark Cuban esque best case Phil, uh, in in the project. Like I don't think that they're going to buy this thing just to like have it in the corner. And they definitely don't sound like people like Glenn who are like, I own an NBA team. This is great. What now? <laughs> what what should I do now? Because I'm a good businessman, but I really don't get the the dynamics of sports. A Rod definitely does. So. This might be a surprising answer coming from me, but I really do believe that there is a chance, and I'm certainly willing to give the opportunity, that this group is going to be successful and good and and will at least hit the ground with a very good idea of how sports works and knowing what they're doing. So I have hope that this actually could work. And to to your point about just sort of where where these guys come from, and I and I'll give you the I'll give you the quick bio here in a second on on Mark Laurie, but you could not find a more polar opposite tandem of owners compared to Glenn Taylor. I mean, listen, Glenn Taylor also has a lot of money and a lot of commas in his bank account, so that's that's about where the similarities seem to end with these guys. I mean, Glenn Taylor lives in Mankato, wears sweaters from the 80s and buys local newspaper companies, you know, all due respect to the Star Tribune, but like that's, Glenn Taylor is very local and he's small town Minnesota, like he still lives in Mankato as far as I know, and then like jets to the games and then, or gets a driver, you know, to take into the games and then comes back. These guys, both A-Rod and Mark Laurie, come from the Shark Tank sort of world. And A-Rod literally has been on seasons of Shark Tank, right? These guys are more, when it comes to business and when it comes to branding and e-commerce for both these guys, too, um, it's it's a totally different world than the one that Glenn Taylor lives in. So I would love to be a fly on the wall to just three billionaires in a room together. A-Rod's not a billionaire. Mark Laurie's a billionaire. A-Rod's got a lot of money. He'll be a billionaire at some point. Um, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for how these three guys interact. I mean, like bumpkin, small town, Glenn going to show okay. you the ropes for two and a half years. And these guys are like, I mean, come on. Can like, we go through that? Are- Can we go through that? So these two guys, and, and this is where I don't, I don't want to confuse what I'm saying here. I think because they're probably cutthroat and don't care about people that they could be good. But that is also what I'm about to say is imagine the scene in the Taylor's kitchen in Naples, Florida, Phil Mackey, where Becky is like making food and Glenn and Glenn, you know what, too? Here's my guess. Glenn is still smitten, right? Alex Rodriguez is in my house. Great baseball player. Um, So my guess is that these two went in with the game plan. Tell him what he wants to hear. I want I want to show you guys the rope for, the ropes for two years. Oh, Glenn! Uh, of course, oh, I cannot wait for that. With every Mr. Intention. Taylor, oh, Becky, this tuna salad is just delicious. I love it. I think are, those, like, are these brownies? Pie? Is this a family recipe? Would brownie? you? What are these brownies? Would you like some apple pie with a dollop of ice cream, A Rod? Oh, I would love that. This is such a great. Oh, this is so. <laughs> this reminds me of my home growing up in Florida. My mom was a blah blah blah. 
These guys told these remind me of the steroid brownies I used to have back in Texas in 2003. <laughs> these guys told the Taylors every this. You know what this is? If there was a sequel to the film, look me in the eye, the Andrew Wiggins story with, you know, Glenn Taylor. If there was a sequel, this one's it. Tell before me you won't move. Pens of paper. Tell Look me, me you... in the eye before I give and, you two hundred million dollars. And by the way, by the way, I, I saw the Star Tribune today has another story about this. Okay, um, I'm not saying. Just to be clear, I'm not saying that there's any threat to this franchise in like the next two years. Okay, like they are going to come in. I think this might be fun. Like I shouldn't say that. I think this is going to be fun at first. I think it's going to be great, um, and these guys could make improvements. And this, the one thing that I did say before any of this came up, Phil, and I will stand by it, and I might have to eat my words, but the one thing I said about a month back was this. I would risk the Wolves being sold to somebody who moves them to get them better. And, I mean, this it's is the, going down that path. It's the risk you have to – because, okay, I, I'm so glad you brought this up. I'm so glad you brought this up because it feels like a lot of people think that there's just like a black and white binary decision that has to be made, which is be careful what you wish for. All you people that have bashed Glenn Taylor, listen, he's the reason this team stayed 20 years ago, and he's the reason why this team continues to stay with all these sharks swimming in the waters looking to own NBA franchises, right? He's still, he might be an incompetent owner, and this team might never make the playoffs in a league where it's actually mathematically easier to make the playoffs than miss the playoffs. But he's the only one that's been fending off all these sharks that want to move that team to Las Vegas and Seattle. And it's like we have to choose between an ownership group that's going to for sure move the team or Glenn Taylor, who is this bumbling idiot professional sports owner that can't get out of his own way for 25 years, right? Like that there's no other option. And maybe, and maybe Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie wind up falling in the bin of guys who are going to move this team to Las Vegas or Seattle. We'll find out in three or four years. But I refuse to accept the fact that there's not a third option, a third option of owners that aren't Glenn Taylor that can make this team better on, a, on an annual basis and be more Mark Cuban-like in their obsession with curiosity and winning and player development. And the, and the other thing, too, I think if you're making a list of the things that Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie are going to have to come in here and fix or do or change right away. I think for a long time you would have said front office. I think up and up until, and I'm not saying I'm 100% sold on the Gerson Rosas front office, but those guys seem to be a modern thinking and structurally sound front office in that they're analytically sound. They're hiring smart people from outside the organization. Yep. Um, yes, they whiffed on a draft pick or two, and they're and again the jury is very much still out, but. I don't like there's certain times where you'd come in here and be like, wait a second, Kevin McHale's running this team and you guys have like, you know, Tom, Tom Thibodeau just runs everything and yells at everybody like you'd come in here and say everything needs to be overhauled. Yep. I don't think front office is the number thing. I think the number one thing is the Minnesota Timberwolves franchise. If you think back to high school and maybe all three of us were were this person at some point, you walk into the lunchroom, high school lunchroom cafeteria, right? And the cool kids table is off to the left. Yep. And guess who's sitting there? The Miami Heat, the Brooklyn Nets, and both Los Angeles teams. And maybe maybe another team. Maybe the maybe the Denver Nuggets or something have become cool enough to sit at the cool kids' table. Yeah. The Timberwolves, for 15 years, basically, 
outside of maybe one year where Jimmy Butler like snuck him into the cool kids table for 18 months, right? Mm-hmm. They've been the nerdy braces glasses kids, just outcasts sitting in the corner getting trays of food dumped on their head. Like you have to turn this franchise and in some ways this city because the perception of the city is boy, it's really cold and nobody wants to live in Minnesota and play. It's a great city. You have to change the perception of the franchise and the city to become more of the place to be, the cool place where people want to come, free agents want to come, smart people want to work in this front office for this scouting staff as assistant coaches, right? Like changing that perception is going to be the number one thing. And Glenn Taylor not only was was unable to change it, but like his whole mantra as an owner, like he fed into it, right? He was sort of the nerdy small town like he wasn't going to be a shark walking into a room of Mark Cubans mm-hmm. and and run the show, right? Alex Rodriguez, as slimy as he is, is going to walk into that room and people are going to turn their heads. And so it could all blow well, up in their faces, but I think he has a better chance to make it the cool kids table than Glenn Taylor has had for 15 years. He's charming, too. Like, that, that's the thing is he's going to come off as charming and people are going to love it. And he's going to I'm telling you, within the first six months of, of the Wolves playing with this group being in charge, we are going to have we're we're going to have people in that building who have not been there for years. And we are going to have chance of a rod, a rod as he takes his courtside mm. seat. Um, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I think I think we might. I think we might. I, I'm telling you. This, I don't think he's going to be welcome with open arms. I don't. I don't think so. I, you think he's going to be? Well, you think he's going to be welcome with open arms? I think it's going to be, but not by people our age, my age, or your age. But I think up to, I think people Dex's age are going to think that this is cool because well, you're right. No, this, no, nobody, nobody younger than Declan knows who he is. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> this is no, but no, but that doesn't. But the key is he's going to be slick and he's going to be charming, and that's the key to sell. I mean, if you know him as a baseball player, that's almost worse. That's all. Almost worse because of the steroids. But if you have seen him on Shark Tank, or you, or he comes in, I'm telling you, he's going to charm us. We we get got in this town worse than anybody because we're starstruck. We are starstruck by people. We I've seen this act. This movie is played out in this town before. And if he can get a semblance of success from this team, you're going to get the A-Rod, A-Rod. This is going to be so cool. <laughs> and the Wolves are going to make themselves, if they're smart, the in thing. Be- because here's the thing about this. The way that Glenn Taylor has run this godforsaken team for years runs compl- runs a 180 against what the league is. This league is hip. This league is cool. This is it's not curious. This it's is not a thinking. Yeah. Think about it. The Wolves do everything that isn't their league. Like the Wolves are run flat out. The Wolves are run like a bad MLB team. Old school, old thinking. They're not cool. They're not hip. Ant is. Carl might be. But if you think about the structure of the franchise, when's the last time that you heard a kid say, I want to go see a Wolves game. Now, well, but, but, I can, but you can change that, and it could become the thing. I think now, now, and Glenn Taylor has been pretty awful at hiring smart, curious, shark-like people in that organization. I think whether it was intentional or he stumbled into it, I do think he's onto something with Ethan down to, down to Gerson, even down to Chris Finch now. I feel like Chris Finch has sort of unlocked the best of D'Lo in these last few games, and... Like, there's some good things happening there. 
but it's always hard when your owner is behind the times, right? Like it, it, can, it can never fully blossom as an organization right. from the from a basketball perspective, from a branding, marketing perspective, yep. resources, everything. If your owner also isn't the most curious, shark-like guy in the room. And, and it's always just kind of felt like any success they've had under Glenn Taylor is despite Glenn Taylor, right? It's because they sort of lucked into KG. It's because they maybe lucked into... Carl Anthony Towns with the number one overall pick, right? And Flip Saunders has been great, you know, prior to his passing for the organization. But I, th- I just think every, almost every piece of success they've had, and there haven't been many pieces of success, mm-hmm. are in spite of Glenn Taylor for and, the most part. And because of, of the fact that it runs so high in the franchise, this all goes back, Phil, to your word. It's culture. The culture has to be changed. I, I mean completely because the perception does. The perception of this team, it, it really is incredible that you can have a guy like Ant on your team and yet your team f- feels like a 78-year-old grandpa driving an Oldsmobile, which is how the franchise <laughs> feels. That's how the franchise feels. But it, does. you, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that, you know, a guy like A-Rod and his group are going to come in and I think they're going to change the culture dramatically. And there is no reason why the Wolves in the league that they're in can't be the hip product, the product that people, the kids say, yeah, because you know what? They ain't going to twins games. Those take four hours and they're played in 37 degrees. Okay. Um, Today it'll be three and a half, yeah. seven innings. So. Can't wait. The wild has their fan base and that's great, but you know, it's more to me, it's more of a cult and that's my sport, but I get that the Vikings are King. But the Wolves are the one team in this town where I don't see a reason why um, if you're a kid and you're into sports, you're not saying, oh, my God, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the Wolf Ant. Give me a jersey. I will tell you one, one thing just to – actually, I don't know I don't know if this would um, quiet fears of the Wolves moving or if this would pour gasoline on a fire here. But having been in the state of Washington for the last month and, and living in Seattle, people hate A-Rod here hate A-Rod here. Like Lou Pinella, I think they put Lou Pinella in the Mariners Hall of Fame sometime recently, and he went through and was talking about the different players, Ken Griffey Jr., and just like thanking the big-name guys that, you know, Ichiro, et cetera, and Randy Johnson, and he got to A-Rod. And like he said, and and I know, I know that he's, you know, got himself into some trouble, but Alex Rodriguez at the beginning of his career, and people like showered Lou Pinella with booze. <laughs> oh, wow. And and so I think one of two things, it's either you can rule Seattle out entirely for anything to do with A-Rod or, or pouring gas on the, the fires of fear, could he look at this in three or four or five years if he doesn't get a new arena in the Twin Cities and say, yeah, boy, he loves to be loved, right? Like he's, yeah. a, he's mm-hmm. a pretty insecure dude who's become successful. You're weird, yes. Could this be his way of like getting back in the good graces of his first ever professional sports town by bringing the Sonics back to Seattle, right? Like that is the one thing that would keep me up at night a little bit watching this thing play out as a Timberwolves guy great for you um, now, you, but it would have a basketball like, I want, team, but I want them, but I'm Minnesota. Like yeah, I want Sonics I, I, jerseys. Sonics gear is so cool. I want the Sonics to come back Give as me a an hoodie. expansion team, Give not me a as hoodie. the Timberwolves. <laughs> Make sure they're the Sonics, though. If these if these jokers come up with any new name, that's out. Sonics was a great look, logo. Bring it back. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, by the way, our our Timberwolves discussion today, powered by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. So, you know, if you're if you're a business owner. 
I don't know. Maybe if you're part of A-Rod Corp and you got all these businesses, including the Timberwolves now, and you're just looking for a little peace of mind, a little risk protection, some resources that can give you uh, just a, a, a comfy pillow to rest your head on at night without having to overthink uh, the risks involved. That's where Federated comes in. They've got the uh, best online client destination for risk management resources. It's called MyShield. And you can check out what MyShield's all about and all the industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, just real quick before we get into uh, write that down predictions and talking twins for the day. If you guys had to make a decision right now, you get you get one of two roads. Road number one is A-Rod and Mark Laurie wind up strong-arming the city into a new arena. It doesn't work. And in like four years, the Wolves are gone. Or A-Rod and Mark Laurie come in, much more like Mark Cuban, and they're just like, they're, just, they're hyper-competitive, they're smart, they're forward-thinking, they're curious, and they want to win, and they want to build something great here, and the Wolves become a perennial relevant, I'm not going to say championship, but a perennial relevant team in the Western Conference. Which one would you choose? Declan, go ahead. I mean, I'll take the latter because this franchise has lacked it forever. I I, I will say that I'm up for interpretation. I I have not given a bleep about the Wolves since Kevin Garnett left in 2007. I tried to go all in when Jimmy Butler came, and even then it wasn't fun watching the Wolves. Like, I think, and a lot of people had that assessment too, even before the Butler's knee injury. That season, like, it was good. Like, the Wolves were winning games, of course, and they were finally relevant, but it wasn't fun. And I, I'm I'm ready for this team to go to the next step, and that's great. I, I'm up for interpretation. Yes, I would be sad if they left, but of all the teams, if they were to leave, they would be they would affect me the least. It would affect wow. me the complete least. A lot of people say it that would, it would destroy me. Even yeah. if they came it, to Seattle, it would destroy me. It would it would be terrible. Maybe in your backyard. That's kind of where. But I would but I I wouldn't be able to root for them if they moved. Well, they this is great. They'll just move to Seattle. Like if they moved to Seattle, I would not be able to root for them in the way that I do when they're rooted in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It might sound weird, but Minnes like Minnesota is my sports tie. So I'm hope I'm wishfully thinking that it's going to be the second choice, which yeah. is they're going to come in here. And they're gonna, and, and maybe they have to get a new arena for the, for it to guarantee that they keep the franchise here. But I just, I, I'm willing to roll the dice. Like Judd said, if you want to upgrade sure. ownership, there's there's a risk. This franchise is one of the lowest valued franchises in the league because of Glenn Taylor. And so anyone who's going to buy it, there's a risk that they're going to move the team. And would I rather have had somebody other than Alex Rodriguez buy the team? Like on the surface, yeah, I don't know. I, he just doesn't. Well, no, but this I'm, all- I'm here for it. This, to me, all comes back to the fact that I don't trust Glenn. And, and, like, I don't trust a guy who's been trying to, I think, on and off sell this team since something like 2014. And now within a week he meets two guys and he agrees to sell the team. And it literally is like a seven-day period. What the hell? Uh, <laughs> all of that being said, if if the option is if you came to me today and said, okay, we'll grant your wish if you want. We will kill this team. Deal now. Pull it off the table. Glenn keeps the team. I'm sorry. I want the sale. I want the sale because without the sale, nothing is going to change. That's clear. I mean, the one common denominator, right, of this entire um, um, boondoggle, years and years of just utter ineptitude, what's the one thing? It's Glenn. It's no one coach. It's no one GM. It's no one player. It's Glenn. And look, I don't care what you think of KG. 
To me, one of the most instructive things about Glenn and and where this team has gone, and this franchise, when he bought it, was not always like this, but it has been now for 15 years, far too long, Phil. The one, like if you had to say, pick pick one thing that encapsulates Glenn. David Kahn comes to mind. I mean, he went to David Stern and said, who you got for me? There's a lot of things that come to mind, but I would pick KG. You have not once but twice now, at least twice, alienated not the best player in franchise history, easily the best player in franchise history. A the hall, only player exactly. in franchise history. But, I mean, you have twice alienated him. I mean, one of the things that I really feel bad about for, for Flip and his family as far as what he tried to do here, he worked his ass off to bring KG back from the Nets and to repair a relationship that was broke. I mean, he worked, I'm sure, night and day, right? And it was that press conference was a crowning achievement. He had KG back, and I know he was fried, but that's not the point. The point is he had gotten he had gotten us that piece back. I mean, that was going to be Jersey retirement. That was going to be, and he and I'm sure that he did more work than we will ever know about. And Glenn screwed it up again. That's what I would say encapsulates Glenn Taylor to me. And we'll and we'll know really quickly if this sale goes through. We'll know really quickly. The first thing on A-Rod's checklist should be to get Kevin Garnett back in the organization in some form. If it's if it's a sliver of minority ownership and KG owns 3% of the team, like if KG becomes sort of the, what Magic Johnson was for the Dodgers, where he's the highest profile owner, but he's just basically there because he's Magic Johnson mm-hmm. and he's Los Angeles, right? And it's for marketing and it's for branding. That needs to happen with Kevin Garnett. And even if Kevin is also 50% responsible for the fallout with this organization, and Kevin Garnett is a volatile personality, there's a lot of stories behind the scenes about him being very difficult to work with and him being very disrespectful to a lot of people behind the scenes. And so there is that side to Kevin Garnett's personality. The fans love him. The organization is Kevin Garnett. And Alex Rodriguez, I think, has a much, much better chance to uh, to make that happen than a lot of other potential owners and for sure Glenn Taylor. And if you own a team, sometimes you have to swallow your damn pride. Case in point, Randy Moss is a cantankerous, recalcitrant human being, and the Vikings jettisoned him and let him go, and that was as ugly probably as it can possibly get. And what did the Wilfs do? The Wilfs went back and said, how do we repair this? Not we're in a fall. We're, we had a falling out. Yeah, it's not about you. It's not exactly. about you, the owner. It's about the fans, and it's about well, the team. And and period. you and you are the steward of the franchise. So you're right. It's not. It's not about and and KG can be a pain in the ass. I'm sure, but it was incumbent on Glenn to go to KG and say, "What do you need here? Like, what yep. do I need to do for you?" And I mean, Flip's dying. He should have been on the phone with KG then and saying, "What can we do here?" Like, you're near the end of playing, and I know that, and that's fine. But what can we do here? Not fracture it again. So, listen, I'm, I'm here for A-Rod, man. I'm, I'll do the A-Rod chant with you guys. Zero just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up. A-Rod. Front row. A-Rod. A-Rod. <laughs> A, just wait, Declan, until, until tonight's Game 1 lineups for the NBA Finals. Uh-huh. The NBA Finals, it'll be reminiscent of that great Knicks-King series in 2001 in the finals. Lawrence Funderburk <laughs> will come back for that one. How to lose a guy in 10 days. Um, all right, all right, so uh, 
Write that down predictions coming up here on Mackie and Judd. And don't forget, we are rocking daily Vikings conversations on Purple Daily. Yesterday, uh, we did a deep dive into the state of Kirk Cousins that I think uh, set a lot of people off, at least in my Twitter mentions yesterday. So we might have to follow up on that today. But uh, predictions sure to go wrong coming up next on Mackie and Judd. Write that down. Yeah, most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd. Write this down. This is the big leagues, where we own our terrible predictions. Write that down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Judd. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's right. We're the only show in America... That actually keeps track of our predictions and holds each other accountable with batting averages and home runs. We've also expanded the brand into Purple Daily. If you want our football-centric predictions, find them every Wednesday on Purple Daily. Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com, where you can find all of our content, podcasts, Judd's Written Work. The ScoreNorth app is another great place. And today's Write That Down session is powered by our friends at PXG Minneapolis. And uh, boys, I am I'm back, baby. I have mm-hmm. I have started my practice swing regimen. My goal this summer is to break 88. 88 is the lowest score I've ever shot in my life. I'm looking to ramp it up. Um, if you are looking to upgrade your game, the new Gen 4 golf clubs have landed. These drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons are PXG's flagship clubs. And hands down, the best performing clubs PXG has ever made, which is saying something. They make very good clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have new spring and summer apparel, which you can check out, again, at PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center. And find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. I thought you were going to say that you were back and write that down. I thought you were going to say, I had a huge week. I'm going to mm-hmm. dominate this. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some accountability. Well, one, one, of us went, one of us went yad. One yep. of us went yad this yep. week. All right? We're just going to throw that out there. I hope it was Declan. Let's see what happens. Uh, well, we'll have to just see. Yeah, we'll see. have to see. All right? All right. So here's how right that now works. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And listeners can DM either me or Declan on Twitter or Instagram, at Phil Mackey or at Dex's tweets or at the underscore Dexter on Instagram. If you want to participate, our good friend Woodbury Larry will join us here in a couple minutes to take his first swings of the season. But let's jump into the accountability session. All right. Let's start with Judd Zolgat, the reigning defending batting average champion. Judd said there will be something at the Masters to honor Tiger Woods. And I've been watching. I watched pretty much all four days. I watched probably fifteen hours of Masters coverage when you when you <laughs> count you. for like the ESPN Plus uh, yeah. feature groups and stuff. And I didn't really see like I didn't see any red shirts on Sunday. I might have missed something. And so I actually had to do a Google search last night. Tiger Woods Masters tribute. So you know what they did at the Masters Champions Dinner early in the week? Mm-hmm. They left a seat open for Tiger Woods to honor him. <laughs> Oh, they honored him. And so we're going to count that. They honored him at the Masters dinner. And Judd mm. didn't he didn't specify that it had to be during the actual golf. No, it was just going to be something. He just said okay. something at the Masters. Just going to okay. be something. That counts, yeah. Well, it was at the Masters. The Masters. On CBS. On Fox. Master. The Masters. They should play a Master of Puppets for the new theme song by Metallica. That would yeah. be amazing. Uh, Jim Nance. Uh, like Judd, you... You did say Mark Andre Fleury would be on the Wild next season. I gave you until the trade deadline, just in case. Yes, sir. Okay, you, you never know. You never know. Yep. When your no, goalie gives playing, up nine, you know. Yeah. He's playing great play. for yeah. the Golden Knights this season, for the most part. 
and you said the Wolves will buy the Timberwolves from Glenn Taylor. I got over my skis on that one. I'd like to apologize. That's okay. In, in retrospect, it sounds like the Taylor Corp reached out to the Wilfs, too. That would have been great. I think actually. we had that I, I, I would have loved the Wilfs buying this team. I think that would have been great for everybody. But Yeah, you know why? Because I think they – I think they. I would not have been surprised if the Wilfs had bought this team if they were playing in a building in Egan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, part of their logic was probably – Listen, like we're not going to go through that whole thing again. Where yeah, <laughs> we had to strong arm the city and all right. I'm having a rough stretch here. I'm, I'm very Miguel Sano like in my start to the 2021. Right, he's down fine. Season. I'm told. By the way, you're seeing pitches. Okay, yeah. okay. He got two walks yesterday, and we celebrated it. Yeah, <laughs> you see, he's hey, walking. He's, I think his on base percentage is up over 200 now. So you all better stop criticizing Miguel Sano. Great. Uh, I told you guys either Brock Lesnar or John Cena will return at WrestleMania. And I told you John Rahm will win the Masters. Now, in fairness, John Rahm made a run. Like, he, he shot 66 on Sunday. At one point, he was third and, uh, and was making a run there, but not enough to catch Hideki Matsuyama. So, All right, our listeners here, Jeff in Arkansas, said John Rahm will not win the Masters. It'll be Jordan Spieth who wins the Oof. Masters. That was wrong. Not close to you, though. Not bad. And then Dustin had a WrestleMania parlay that said, I don't know what the attendance was. He said 67,000 fans over two nights, but he did say Becky Lynch will return to Raw the Monday night after WrestleMania. Waiting for you, Becky. Where are you at? She kept teasing a return during Mania. I want the man back. Nick and Blaine. (laughs) Now, this one one remains on the board, but I just want to, I'm going to highlight some predictions throughout uh, both shows today. Yep. Nick and Blaine said that this is, he said this back in September. Yes. He said the Wolves will be relocated within five years. And I think Nick and Blaine feels a lot better about that prediction now than he did (laughs) back in September. This is solid contact, if nothing else. You see in pitches. (laughs) You the ball is in flight right now. It I is. don't know if it's going to be a warning track out <laughs> yes. or a home run. We'll see. Yes. We'll see. All right, Declan had a busy week here. He wow. said uh, he had a WrestleMania parlay. He said Bianca Belair wins the title. Rhea Ripley wins the title. He said Roman Reigns wins the title. And he just needed oh. Drew McIntyre to beat Bobby Lashley, Judd Zolgad. Oh, Bobby Lashley and, won, right? Yeah, he did. Oh, I'm Bobby big Bobby Lashley, Lashley fan. Took down the title. He uh, he retained Sorry, his Dex. WWE championship. So Dex whiffed on the four-item parlay. You said Max Kepler will hit his first home run by next week's Write That Down. You said by the NHL trade deadline, there will be a credible report mentioning the availability of Zach Parisi. I scoured the internet, yeah. and the only things I could find were like, some blogs sort of referencing, like, yeah. well, I mean, the he almost got traded once, like two years ago. Yeah, there. I was even listening. Like, there's a couple. I listened to the opposing broadcast. I don't know if you guys know that. Uh, when I watched the Wild games, and they, like opposing broadcasts yeah, were like surprised he didn't get uh, he didn't get traded. But no, this this comes off the board. It, I didn't see anything either. I'm okay with it. This off season, it, it probably makes sense for yeah, both parties to to figure something out. However, however, bop, 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 Declan Goff bop, stepped bop, into the batter's box. Bop, bop, he knocked the dirt off his bop, cleats. Bop, bop, and he zeroed in on a 3-1 pitch. And he said, the winner of the Masters will shoot no better than 12 under par. And Declan Goff 
absolutely hit that ball over the fence because well, the winning score was yeah. minus 10. I nice. will say Work, yeah. it was a bottom of the eighth bomb because it was, I believe, he was at 13 under on 14. And then, and he, then, he, and then he melted down. And he melted down back-to-back bogeys. And that was even, I think it was Rom or, or whoever was in second, He whoever put the one, Shifley. Shifley was like at 11 under and he put one in the water. And then I find bit a bit a big exhale. And I was like, okay, I think this is actually going to hit. So right. It was on. And so, I mean, Matsuyama had, he, he he was like, he was, I think, well, a stroke or two clear of your bar here yeah. and had a par five in front of him that everybody was birdieing or eeling. Yep. And he just, he melted down. So congratulations to Declan on his second home run of Bam. the season. So he leads with two home runs on the season. Judd still right. leading the batting average race with a 444 average and one home run. Declan, 342 with two home runs. Listeners at 242 and no home runs, and I am struggling at 217 and one home run. Career numbers here, we've been tracking these since 2018. Judd, 156 career hits. I have 11 career home runs. Those lead the pack. Declan now with his fourth career home run. Let's fire this up here. Let's get our guy Woodbury Larry in the mix. Write it down. You like writing things down. Longtime friend and loyal listener of the old 1500 ESPN Mackie and Judd show, now here on Score North. What's up, Larry? Larry, I believe I, Larry, your mic is muted. You just got to unmute your mic on on your phone. Technology. Yeah, we're we're, we're we very go. high tech. I've, I've done it Matthew myself. Judd. What's up, Larry? That's, how are we doing, fellas? Uh, Larry is here to step into the batter's box, and we'll find out if he's going to be Miguel Sano, just swinging from his heels and uh, mostly missing, or if he's going to be more like Williams <laughs> Astadio, just looking to make some contact. So we're going to go around the room three times. We're going to go Larry, <laughs> Judd, Declan, back to me, Phil, and we'll make three trips. And we'll start with... Write it down. You like writing things down. Uh, For my first one, I'm going to go with Minnesota Wild prospect Matt Boldy. Will score his first National Hockey League goal before Alex Kirilov gets his first MLB hit. Okay. I like that. With the... with the playoff season last year not counting, of course. Right. Yep. Okay. Basically, a, a, basically a race to see who can get uh, playing time. Write it down. You like writing things down. Right? And how Over cheap the twins are going to be. Um, it, I, I'm going to stick on the same theme as far as at least one of those two players go. Alex Kirilov will play as many or more games at first base this season as he does in left field. Alex Ooh. Kirilov will play as many or more games at first base this season as he does in left field. Field, in part because Miguel Sano right now is three for 35. I love it when people, and Judd does this a lot, when you double down on a take from earlier in the week with a write that down prediction. I feel yeah. it's necessary. You got to do it sometimes. <laughs> you got to put your money where your, where your mouth and is. Just so I'm sure, sure I'm, I have this written down correctly, Judd, because I'm a, you know, go Huskies, St. Cloud State Education. Yeah. Uh, Alex Kirloff will play <laughs> as many or more games at first base as he does in left field. Yes. Okay. You got so it exactly right. Sounds, okay, We're not counting it. right field if he plays yeah. right field. <laughs> Kepler gets hurt or something. It's just left field. I'm keeping it very specific. Okay. Okay. All right. Back over to Declan Goff, your first prediction. All right. Uh, I whipped on the Kepler one last week, but I'll, I'll go with this one since he's supposedly coming off the IL as soon as today. Josh Donaldson will hit his first home <laughs> run of the season by next week's Write That Down. <laughs> is he is he is he playing today? Is that I, official? We do not have the lineup. We don't yet. have a lineup as yet. We, it's very things are going re- very slow. Yeah, as we record right now, this morning, uh, he will hit his it, first home run. It feels a little early. I don't know, man. Like that dude popped a hamstring like a week and a half ago. He, he can just, he can walk just, to first if, as long as he hits the ball four hundred feet. I don't care what he does. He'll he'll hit a bomb. 
his first swing of the yeah. season was just all like Kepler did, Declan. You guys keep saying that like he can't. You can't just not run in baseball. At some point, you're going to have to accelerate full speed around the bases. So I don't know. I I, I don't know if I'm uh, if I'm buying the whole Josh Donaldson is healthy thing. All right, uh, first prediction. Write that down for me. At Alex Rodriguez's introductory press conference, he will say he plans to keep the Wolves in Minnesota. So introductory press conference, he will oh, be yeah. asked about it, or oh, he'll yeah. just he'll just That's nip a, it in the bud. You just scored he around. will he will well I'm batting two seventy. Sacri- yeah. Sacrifice. Okay. <laughs> okay, pitcher. We he need a DH to replace to your butt, Mackie. <laughs> I just listen, I, I'm I just need to get back to seeing the ball, hitting the ball. Yeah. All, right? All right, Mario Mendoza. Yeah. <laughs> Write that down. All right, back to Woodbury Larry. <laughs> I thought for sure. Judd was going to say Kirilov would play as many games at first base as Miguel Sano. Me too. <laughs> but uh, I will go with the Vikings drafting Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver Devontae Smith out of Alabama. Wow. That's a home run if it happens. And I, I think it would be amazing if it happened. Yeah. I don't know that the Vikings would know what to do with three amazing receivers because there's not enough targets to go around with the current system. Change the offense? I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, they still run the ball 40 times. Exactly. (laughs) It's third and 46, and here's a handoff to Dalvin Cook, and he gets four yards. (laughs) Write this down. All right, back to Judd, your second prediction. All right. Sticking on the Wolves theme, but not being as optimistic as what Phil had, because we are going to hear what Phil said. We will see a story about the Wolves' new ownership wanting a new arena within two years of the purchase of the franchise. So, so when when it becomes like the day yep. when is it going to be official the day of the well, press conference? Or? Yeah, well, no, the purchase. So so from the time that they announce that the team has been sold officially, so all the documents are signed. Okay, we will see a story about the A Rod ownership group wanting a new arena within two years of that day. Okay, so we'll we'll start to get the the mainstream Star Tribune Pioneer Press stories of them saying, you know what this building it's really crappy we need a new building this is actually a parlay because the second part of it that went unsaid is Mackie and judd will still be employed in two years after the sale of the timber that's very true but those are always for the judd prediction you know what <laughs> the larry brown prediction came off the board and we Finally. still had jobs slightly <laughs> different true. than they Why were when we when i did the prediction <laughs> but we still had jobs just slightly different. Uh, all right, back over to Declan. You're all right, this is just a very much a bunt single, and I don't care. Uh, the Wild will play the Golden Knights in the NHL playoff series, their first-round playoff series. The Wild will play the Golden okay. Knights in the NHL playoffs. Bring it on, man. Yeah. Bring it on. Let's do it. Let's let's get it on. I would say statistically it's probably like a 70% yeah. chance as it stands right now. I mean, but they've, getting, they've gotten waxed by the Blues a lot. I mean, they could play their way out of that if they continue to play like they do against St. Louis, so. But the right. Wild will play that would the be Golden a Knights. super, super fun first-round series. It would. And, uh, I Write would it down. You like writing things down. All right, Woodbury Larry. Actually, I'm sorry. It's, right. me. it's me, right? I'm might... oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. My no. second prediction and then Woodbury Larry. That's how the show works, um, Come on, Phil. I know. I, it's, uh, math is <laughs> you're hard str- for me You're struggling to write that down. That's now okay. you're struggling with who goes next. <laughs> your show. What's, yeah. Yeah. Your show. I just I have no idea what's up, what's down. Write that down right now. Seattle's got My batting average is down. I know that. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep making a Rod introductory press conference predictions here. So at this at that same a Rod introductory press conference that I alluded to in my first prediction, a Rod will be asked a parlay here. He will be asked about Kevin Garnett, 
and he will leave the door open for KG to rejoin the organization in some form. And we, and we can judge it however we need to based on his answer. But he will be asked about KG, and he will leave the door open for KG to rejoin the organization in some form. Yeah. And I, will, I, I just want to add to that prediction. I will say that KG will be brought up at the press conference whether it's to A-Rod or someone, and A-Rod specifically at some point will leave the door open for KG's return. I don't want to get dinged if, like, the question is posed to Glenn and then A-Rod steps in and answers So it has to be – so the question has to be answered, though, by A-Rod, A-Rod not by Glenn be, or Lori. Here, I'll, let, me, let me just make it clear for Dex here. Yep. KG will be brought up yep. in some form at the introductory press conference, and A-Rod's answer will leave the door open to KG rejoining the organization. Got it. Right. I don't want a technicality like, well, it wasn't a, Glenn Taylor brought it up. It wasn't even asked. You don't get the point because I know that's how we operate here. Write this down. Write that it. down. All right, Woodbury Larry, your final prediction. And I'm not really proud of this one. <laughs> Probably doesn't even register as a bunt single, so I don't know if we're talking like catcher reach on catcher's interference or what. <laughs> but uh, I think the Twins will not only not have a single complete game this season, nine inning games only, they will not even have a pitcher starting pitcher last into the eighth inning. Wow! Whoa. No, that's good. That's, that's great. Awesome. That's Are you kidding? Run. Yeah, that's so a you're home saying. Run. No, no twin starting pitcher will pitch in the eighth inning, or for or further. Yes, and that is wow. far less a reflection on my opinion of Maida and Barrios <laughs> as it is my disdain for Rocco's proclivity to yank pitchers just based strictly by the formulaic book that he has at his uh, bedside during the games. Yeah, I mean, and you guys know me. I am Mr. That's a great, Mr. Analytics that's and Spreadsheets. That's a great one. I love that prediction. Me too. Wish I thought of that. Uh, Larry, since you've got this gigantic platform right now, uh, this is probably a pinnacle moment in your life being part of Write That Down. Again, is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank that got you to this point? Um, nobody specifically. However, I... Would love to harken back to the days of uh, far more local programming on 1500 and hopefully uh, you guys returning to live action on a far more regular basis. We appreciate the support and the love, Larry, and maybe someday you'll be able to hear us in in old school AM radio form more often again. But we'll we'll see. Thanks, Larry. Talk soon. Hey, guys. Be good. Bye. Write this down. Sports talk sounds better in vinyl was always the tagline I wanted to go with on the billboards, but I got shot down. I thought that would have been better than ballsy, personally. Cassette tapes. What was the other one? I love cassette tapes. A-Track, right? A-Track, yeah. A-Tracks. That was before my time. Oh, no. That that was – so A-Tracks were the 70s. Yeah. And cassette tapes were in in my teenage years. Like, I used to buy cassette tapes all the time. It was great because they cost about eight bucks a piece. A horrible audio and then, quality, though. Yeah, but CDs these Terrible take, audio but, quality. But cheaper, which, you know, when, yeah. when well, you're yes. 18 is great. Then CDs cost a lot. I hated CDs at first because it, it, they weren't cheap. I didn't like that. All right. And then you just wind up, then you wind up in your 40s and you just have, like, like, I had all these CDs saved up for 15 years. I just right. had to throw them away. Yeah. I just oh. took I just took a a a <laughs> box of cassette tapes downstairs that I found two nights ago 
And I mean, I'm talking a box. Now, the one good thing that I will say quickly about cassette tapes is they were so cheap that if you heard a song on the radio that you liked, you you could go buy that cassette tape and like the rest of the album could be crappy, but you had that song, right? CDs how would were you too find expensive. This, like, what if the song was like the fourth song on the cassette tape? You'd have to like have to go fast it. forward yeah. and yeah. Although, you know what? At some point in time, cars started to have the thing where you could skip. So it yep. would find the next song for you. So hmm. it, it would skip. But the point was, if the album sucked and there was one good song, that was fine. CDs, you couldn't do that. They cost too much. I yeah, didn't like that's that. why I hate Spotify. It's just impossible to find anything that you want. It's just a, well, now it's know. yeah, now it's a different. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not talking about it now. I'm talking about the '80s, '90s, early '90s. All right, here's Where my final. Write that down. Write this down. Okay. A credible publication or website will pick the Minnesota Wild to win the Stanley Cup before next season. So, in predictions Ooh. for 2021-22, so oh. I'm not saying for this year. Okay, a credible publication or website is going to pick the Minnesota Wild to win the Stanley Cup. For the 2021-22 decks season. Okay. Not counting scorenorth.com. I didn't, I just, well, I'm credible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not counting scorenorth.com. No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to. If you no, pay Declan to make a prediction. I was going to say, do you really think that I would manipulate the website? Yes. Do you think 100%. that I'm yet on a, the, Yes. Do you think that I'm that A-Rod-like? That I would do something that despicable? You're more A-Rod-like than A-Rod. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. I prefer to see, see myself as a like Palmero. I did not do steroids. Period. Uh, Declan, your final prediction. All right. Uh, back to our Alex Colomay closer discussion last from yesterday. I will go with Taylor Rogers. will pick up at least three saves in the month of April. So Taylor okay. Rogers will pick up at least three saves in the month of April. Wouldn't even be surprised yeah. if it's uh, one of these doubleheader games, too. You can still get a save, right, in the seventh yeah. inning of the doubleheader, right? That still counts. For sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Taylor Rogers will pick up at least three saves in the month of April. All right. Write this down. Okay, I'm going to make a Twins prediction as well to, to close this thing out. Write this down. The Miguel Sano hot streak is coming, boys. The storm is coming. The snowstorm where he gets hot for like a week and a half and people compare him to Harmon Killebrew and Sonoma all of the Twins' great hitters. You and see? They compare his, you see Zolgad? You see Mackie? They, com- they compare his isolated power percentage with uh, without taking into consideration any other context or value. So Miguel Sano's hot streak is coming. Write this down. Between today and next week's write that down. Sano will hit at least two home runs and will raise his overall batting average over 200 for the season. It's at like 091 right now or something. All right. So he'll hit at least two home runs starting with today's doubleheader all the way through uh, write, write that down predictions next week, and his overall batting average on the season will rise above 200. And people will say, see, he is the MVP that we've been telling you he is, and he's the greatest player in Twins history. See, you just have to... <laughs> Like I'm, I'm uh, waiting, waiting for those things to be thrown right back at us when this prediction becomes correct. Yeah, Mackie, Miguel Snow's great. Your show sucks. <laughs> look at the rate. Look at the radio. Yeah, radio. yeah wow. you guys change formats for a reason all the time. Welcome to Country Podcast. That's right. I'm Judd Zolgad with the Country Podcast of the day. Got some Chris Stapleton queued oh, up man, here. You should see what we're going to spin next. But first, I'd like to talk about Miguel Snow, one of the great ball players of all time. Brought to you by the Minnesota Twins.
I love Chris Stapleton. Yeah, I love one of my favorite artists. I got no yeah. problem against yeah. country too. I love country. Yeah, it gets a bad rap, man. It gets a all country is great. Are you Don't kidding? Get me wrong. There are some horrible, horrible country artists that deserve all the. Oh, flack. sure, sure. They do. They really do. But there are some unbelievably talented people in country music. Absolutely. I just like to do the accent. I think we should just let Judd talk yeah. about country music for like the next hour. I like to talk about write happens. that down. Write this down. Tim Take McGraw. We're going to win twins. We're going to score. We're going to win twins. What's that baseball song? All right, boys. Uh, we talk twins every day on this show. Talking twins with Mackie and Judd. Presented today by our friends at Whamatech. Whamatech oh. is here to help you with broken down swings, gloves. No, not those things. But broken down phones, tablets, and laptops. So uh, let's say you have one of those things cracked or broken or whatever it may be. You go to Whamatech or Whamatech.com, and they source pre-owned devices directly and pass savings on to you. They'll even buy your old device for cash. Buy, sell, trade in, whatever you need. Whamatech.com. Every device they sell is tech certified and comes with a warranty. W-A-M-A-T-E-K.com. All right, boys. So Josh Donaldson is supposed to be limping his way back. Can into I the lineup interrupt at some point. for one second? Because we, <laughs> sure. could be, because I guess we have breaking podcast news, so it's going to be old news by the time that you hear this. But it's interesting. The twenty seventh man for the doubleheader between the Twins and Red Sox on uh, this day, which is Wednesday, correct? Yeah. Alex Kirilov will be the twenty seventh man. We are so. I think we're I think we're done with uh well, if he doesn't get some at bats with the Saints it's going to be a problem. Uh Well, I, but that but but correct me if I'm wrong but that means they are only going to use him for today and then he has to go back down. That is correct. He, but, but he has I'm, to go back down for the second game even. But what I'm saying is if he's getting the call today, I think we're not going to have to wait through May 4th. I think we're going to admit that this was just a charade. That that's what I'm saying. So here's a question then. Does his how does the service time so they could they can call him up for this game? You and don't get service him, time, I don't think. Right? No. So yes, yeah, so you can keep him down still for a few days yes. and still still play that game, right? But so, he can be okay. but but if I'm not mistaken, I think April sixteenth was the magic day, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I looked this up a couple nights ago. So I do think by the weekend that you can call him up if I'm correct about this and not have the accrued service time season of two thousand twenty one. And and he's the twenty seventh man for both games. Yes. I th- I thought it was only the originally scheduled game. I, I think you could get a twenty seventh match. No, I think I think it's for both. I think it's for both now. Yeah, because they're saying for today's double header. So I would assume. Yeah, that- I think you're allowed a twenty seventh man, which I de- which which if you're actually being smart about your pitching is ordinarily a extra. Whoops, sorry, said. Do <laughs> easy there. I got him. I got my bobblehead. God rest his soul. Which is a, yeah. Judd, he also almost knocked over the generic looking white guy that they put a Glenn Perkins. That's Glenn Perkins. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Perk. So anyway, um, I think the goal is for ordinarily to be a pitcher. Because the bullpen would be depleted, but the Twins already have fourteen pitchers on their roster. No, yeah, I think that's I think that's probably plenty. Um, so, all right, so Kirloff, that's that'll be fun. I guess we'll see. We might even see during this segment if an actual lineup comes out, and maybe he'll <laughs> be in it. That would be fun. But I'm not panicking yet. I feel like so they're five and five, and let me tell you something about baseball because I sense I sense a lot of people sort of freaking out over the way the Twins have started the season. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's been some red flags and things to raise an eyebrow at. Miguel Sano's bat is something the last couple of years to raise an eyebrow. I would say even Max Kepler and Jorge Polanco's bats, you can raise an eyebrow at. They just don't look like the same hitters they were a couple of years ago. And Josh Donaldson's legs are always going to be something to be nervous about. So um, I'm not I'm not saying that there's nothing to be worried about, but 
you go through a, a 162 game season and even the best teams in baseball are going to have much worse stretches than five and five. Like there was, there was a year where the Dodgers went to the world series like three or four years ago and they literally lost like 20 out of 21 games down the stretch. Baseball is such a weird volatile sport that I think anyone who's overreacting to a five and five start here is uh need, needs to pump the brakes. I mean, Byron Buxton is reaching his peak in front of our eyes. Nelson Cruz still looks like one of the best hitters in baseball. The bullpen, even though they've struggled in spots, is still very deep. So I, I am here to just say, everybody relax, take a deep breath. They haven't started two and eight. They're five and five. Yep. And, uh, and they're certainly still capable of winning this division and maybe winning a playoff game for the first time since 2004. So calm down. Calm down, everybody. I like to panic. I can't panic right now. I'm sorry, I can't do it. It's cold out. Um, now, now, statistically, there's one thing, but it is an incredibly small sample size that's slightly concerning. But it's just, but it might be just a slump. Okay, on opening day, they won that game against the Mariners, ten to two, and they were five for twelve with guys in scoring position, which is outstanding. Sure. Uh, the last three games since then, but it's three games. Okay, two for twenty six. So, and Cruz did, didn't play because he he was sick with a non-COVID um, illness yesterday, but it's three games. It's freezing cold outside. I can't get work, worked up. I do have a question f- for you, though, Phil, on four guys in particular off to slow starts, some of which is just going to happen. But I'm going to go through the four and what they've done so far at the plate, and I'm curious if you are concerned at all or just, like, forget about this. Sure. Polanco, five for 42 so far. Is that a cause to read into something or no? Um, well, it's all about I should say. it's all about are you comparing him to his peak year when he was an all star and was an MVP candidate for half the year in I think it was Rocco's first year, or are you comparing him to the other years in his career? Like either way, he's going to bounce back to some extent. Yeah. If you're still thinking, oh, he's the guy in the first half of the year that was like in the top five for American League MVP candidates a few years ago, I would be worried that that guy's never coming back. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's the bar for him anymore. That was. I think that was the juiced ball season too. It was just yeah. a weird year all around. Um, I don't think he's going to just be worthless as a hitter as he's been in the first week and a half, two weeks of the season. So, mm-hmm. cause cause for concern that he's not going to go back to the cause for concern that we've seen the best of him, mm-hmm. and it's and it's too high a bar at this point. Um, but not cause for concern that he's just going to be like unplayable offensively for for the rest of the year. Sano, three for 35. Cause for concern. Cause for concern. Yeah. Not, not three for 35 concern, but like he'll for sure get hot at some point, but cause for concern that he's just a one-dimensional player. He hits for power, and that's about, and like that's what he's going to give you. And, he, and for long stretches, he's going to be a huge liability in that lineup. So, Mitch, yeah. Mitch Garver, four for 26. Um, kind of my, my same answer for Polanco, which is, I don't, I think we've seen the peak of him, but I don't think he's going to be as worthless as he has shown the last couple years. And I think we've seen some flashes that there's still some pop there. I, I think he, I don't think he's a 30 home run hitter like we saw. Right. I think he's, I think he's kind of a platoon catcher that can hit for some power. And if you get him in the right matchup with a pitcher that I, I think the book. There was really no book on him, 
because there didn't need to be when he hit 30 home runs, and now there's a book out on him, and yeah. and pitchers have countered, and he doesn't. He, I don't think he's good enough to have like the counter to the counter the to go back to, to being a 30 home run. Yeah, that, that makes yeah. sense. Jake Cave five four thirty two, and I will tell you right now, to me, this is one, and it's why I want Kirloff up here. He's just playing too much. Yeah. He's a, he's a backup. I, yeah, I don't think it's cause for panic. It's just he it is who he is. No, no, <laughs> but no, but I think that they are. I think him playing as much as he is right now is setting him up to fail. On Jay Cave, it's not fair to yeah, Jay he's Cave. A, he, he's, he's just a backup, backup yeah. player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they need. I mean, what they're doing right now is they're just. They've got this weird gap where they've got most of their top prospects are outfielders. Larnick, yep. Kirloff, Rooker. These baseman. dudes are, are ready to come up. Yeah, at some point. And they're just, for whatever reason, whether it's injury to Rooker or you know, Kirloff at service time, I think Larnick needs actual plate appearances in the minors. Um, like, it's a, it's a stopgap. Kyle Garlick is a stopgap. At some point, there's going to be a bona fide blue chip young player playing that left field position. And we're just waiting for Jake Cave to to give the starting spot to somebody else. By the way, boys, uh, it's, it's, it's not much to panic about. Andre Simmons is going on the COVID list. He has just been placed on the COVID list. Okay, now we can panic. Yep. Now it's over. It's over. I had in now my notes how much I love watching this guy. I I Are a, you serious? I put, I put out a graphic that was like, how fun is this? He's, he's been great just an hour ago. Yep. He's yeah, going. I tweeted yesterday how it was so great to have a shortstop. You could count. He's a captain of the infield, and he's going on the COVID list? He'll be on the COVID list. The team concerns. So does he have COVID, or did he come in contact with someone who has COVID? I don't think we they do not know, and I, and I don't think uh, Mr. Disturbance in the Kitchen will tell us either way. So I uh, Wasn't wasn't Andrelton Simmons also like hesitant to get a vaccine? I didn't hear. About I feel that. like I feel like there was a story that came out. Mm. Really? Mm. Oh man! Let me just do a Google search so I'm not throwing so, complete. Yeah, I have no idea who there. is. I, I know that there are some players who so don't want to do it. Does this mean you slide Polanco back over to short? I mean, obviously, we'll yeah. Get a so line Rise goes to second. Polanco goes to short. It might the turtle to third. Oh, yeah, I don't even want to talk about this anymore. And seriously, <laughs> yeah. don't. Here, here's my thing. Oh, I God. am when it comes to, and I know that that he's fun. When it comes to Ostadio, I don't want to talk about it because nothing I say is going to sound nice, and there's no reason not there's no reason to be a jerk about him. Turtle so power. I'm out. Shell. Turtle power. I don't want to turn this into a huge uh, political and vaxer versus anti-vaxer discussion. Yeah. But here's a tweet from Andrelton Simmons on March 26th. Okay. I've received some questions and some requests regarding the vaccine. And for personal reasons and past experience, I will not be taking it or advocating for it. I hope I don't have to explain myself, and I hope you all make the best decision for you and your family's health. So I'm I'm, I'm glad that he's like open minded toward. Hey, listen, I'm I'm not going to sit here and get on a soapbox, but I, I just no, I don't I just want to answer this. I'm not going to get the vaccine. I it would be interesting though if he like got knocked out for three weeks or something with COVID. You know, whatever. That's we'll a see. that's we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, Yes. I, I, Sorry, Dex. Go ahead. It just it when people say that and then they get it. It's just I don't I don't want to find it comical, but it's just like egg on your face. Like it just looks like egg on your face to me. I you know, know, I don't know. I don't want to turn it into a humongous political. Yeah, thing we're not going to win by just it. You you got to do you. You got to yeah. do you. And if I'm the I got team, my own issues too, if, man. If so I'm the like, team, I prefer that you get the vaccine, not because I care about you as a person, but because I care about you as a player. That's the brutal bottom line. Uh, can I can I rant one? about one thing in baseball that I don't get, and I'm curious what, what your thoughts are. Please do. Please do. I want to know, okay, there was a time when we had, and it still exists now, 
But when we had sort of the parameters, and it, it wasn't a great parameter, but it was a parameter for what they used to call a quality start, right? And it was like six oh, innings so to – it's a stupid – right. But, I mean, that's what we – that's what somebody said. That's a quality start. It's six innings, three earned runs or less. Okay. And it was just stupid, but that's – but at least it was sort of that's the parameter. I want to talk about Jay Happ yesterday <laughs> because the manager and other people were tweeting, oh, man, that was a pretty good start. Not, not a bad start by Jay Happ. Not a bad start. Okay. Four hits, two runs, both earned, one walk, three strikeouts. Those numbers are – okay, they're fine. But here's what gets me. He started to get hit and got pulled after two outs in the fifth, okay? Mm-hmm. So I so I had to hear that this was a good start, that you pitched four and two-thirds, and, and you started to get hit, which I understand. And I'm not, I'm not saying he should be vilified or ripped, but I have to hear that you gave out a good—and Rocco t- talked about, well, if we had just gotten a few more runs, I think we see this differently. Yeah, but you didn't, okay? <laughs> See um, a lot of things differently if the Twins exactly. had more runs in yeah. the playoff games. And- if you had scored 10, God bless you. But, you know, you guys would look at this 18-game playoff losing streak differently if we had just scored a couple more runs in one exactly. of those Astros games. But, You're right. But, yes, but, Phil, but Phil, when, <laughs> since when does four and two-thirds get you a pat on the back? Well, okay, a couple things here. So I, I agree and I disagree. Okay. Um, I, I, one of my big guardy pet peeves was when somebody would like he would do it the reverse where somebody would give up like a four spot in the first inning and then they would settle down and they'd get you five <laughs> innings and give up five earned runs. Right. And it's like, well, he really battled out there and he settled down and he, and he did a good job. No, he gave up four runs in the first inning. He was <laughs> terrible. Right. Like it's okay. Yeah. And then on the, on the flip side, if you run out of gas and give up a bunch of runs like late in your start, those runs still count. So, so I think, if you give up runs as a starting pitcher, it, it still counts. Now, if you're asking me on the flip side where I disagree with you is, if he goes four and two-thirds and gives up two earned runs on a regular basis, I would consider that something I would take 10 times out of 10 from J-Hap. This dude's like 38 years old, and in one thing, we talked about this earlier in the week, if I'm not mistaken, one thing to be mindful of here is a lot of these guys have not thrown innings in like two years. So, so J-Hap, J-Hap hasn't thrown more than 160 innings in a season since 2018. Yep. So he's not he's not going to go out there and give you like 110 pitches. No. He's not he's a number 5 starter. No, exactly. And I think I think we have to look at number 5 starters like J-Hap as 4 to 5 inning guys. And like, then that's why you have your Dobnak in the bullpen. And that's why you have <laughs> I feel like I feel like we've evolved from your long guy used to be Anthony Swarzak, like just some crappy pitcher that was here to mop up. You're a long guy now. You almost need two long guys now in any bullpen, and they have to be starters that are good and that, that can come in in close games because your number five starter might get pulled after four and two-thirds. So my expectations for Jay Happ are not anything more than four and two-thirds. I agree with you. Two just, don't, just, don't tell, just don't tell me that, oh, man, it was a good start. I mean, he gave us everything. Just say he did a nice job, ran out of gas. Don't try to sell me. He's not Colfax, okay? I, I'm more upset about the bill of goods I'm being sold then the start, I don't expect much, but like that's, if, if you get something from a garage sale, you don't come home and say, I got this at Saks, right? Like talk to me about your Barrios, talk to me about Maeda, even Pineda. But after that, just be, be like, yeah, that's their job. They did the best that they possibly could. We're gonna win, twins. We're gonna Not a quality start. It wasn't right, a quality your- start. 
That's your talking twins. Quality Start's going to become the new complete game. If you go six innings, then you get a complete game. Um, <laughs> that's talking twins with Mackie and Judd here every single day on this show. Bonus deep dive episodes on Mondays as well. So if you're looking for Daily Twins Talk, the Mackie and Judd podcast and the Score North YouTube channel are the places for you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Reckless Speculation Thursday. Tomorrow on the show, we'll get our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson in the mix for some inside information about your favorite local sports teams. So you This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.